Hey, episode 74 of the Nashville Artist Podcast is now out, featuring Foundation Mecca. Foundation is a rapper, hill hop artist, and producer. He shares childhood memories of WWE wrestling, Hey Arnold, and Grand Theft Auto, along with his love for action figures from Toys R Us. Discover his journey from performing 50 cents in the club, a talent show, to his disciplined creative tactics like writing a song every day for 100 days. For tranquility, he likes to meditate to Andre 3000's mesmerizing flute album, New Blue Sun. Reflecting on his musical roots, one of his first cassettes was Easy es Louisville Slugger. Foundation emphasizes the importance of intentionality, humility, network, and serving others. You can support him by streaming his music and purchasing it on Audius or Bandcamp. Influences including Jay-Z, 50 Cent, Nas, Tupac, Nelly, Missy Elliott, Lil Wayne, Andre 3000, Michael Jackson, Eminem, and Ludacris. Experience the captivating world of Foundation Mecca, his mission to fill a void in the music industry, and how you can contribute. Enjoy the podcast episode. you been up to today man i've been up to uh, a lot man i went for a walk saw a bunch of content um went to the studio got some work done there recorded a brand new song um worked on some more stuff <laughs> yeah i went to the studio worked on some mixes and uh worked on a new song and just vibed out nice and where is the studio? You said it's home? Yeah, H-O-M-E. Uh, Helping our music evolve. <clears throat> Where's that at? 615 Main Street. Right there in uh, Hawkers, Greco's area. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Main Street Gallery. That's awesome. 615 Main Street. Exactly. They got they the got good address. They did. <laughs> <laughs> we know there's a center next to it called 615. Uh, Center six one five. That's what. Center Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I'm gonna strike up the. Hey, let's do it. Let's, let's do, do it, it man. Now we get this thing. Well, lighter. Oh yeah. <clears throat> hey, we abundant flames everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Awesome. We'll, we'll get started here. Hey everyone, welcome to the Nashville Artist. I'm Jordan, and today Foundation Mecca is what's here. What's up? What's up? Oh How you yeah, doing, man. How you feeling? Yeah, dude. Thanks for coming over and doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. So where where are you from? I'm from uh, 
He from Tennessee originally. He by the way of Nashville, Tennessee. So, you know, raised in the country. Um, it's like one street light, small town, but a lot of family there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's a predominantly white town, but you see somebody black, it's more, nine times out of ten, my cousin. Yeah. <laughs> it's how small it is. But I went to Harper High School in Kingston Springs and stuff, but also lived in Nashville my whole life as well. Um, due to my mom living here, and she moved a lot, so we was kids. So we lived on the east side, started off on the south side, Nashville, St. Martin Square. And we uh, kind of just moved around, went to East Nashville, lived there a couple of times, West Nashville, even North Nashville. Then I moved back to the country the rest of my high school years, oh, wow. junior high up. Wow. Do you have any uh, siblings? I have two. I have a oh. brother and a sister. Nice. What are yeah. their names? Uh, Rico and uh, Tony. Nice. Are they also into art and music? Well, my brother is more so. Yeah, my little oh. brother is. Yeah. What What does he do? Uh well, he's a rapper as well. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Is that Rico? Yeah, yeah. He's dope. Man. Is are you? Through my brother Rico. He's incarcerated right now, but oh, you. my brother Rico. Yeah, man. Shout out to him. Shit, bless us. Holding him down right here. Yeah. How? Yeah. What about your sister? Is she? She into art and music? Uh, not not so much. Uh, she's like, look, you know, more independent, <laughs> like you know, entrepreneur type shit. Are you the oldest? Yeah, I'm the oldest. Yeah, man. Uh, what about your parents? Are were they into art and music? I'll say my grandparents was, and my mom. She always was always the newest. You know, it was like the nineties. I'm an eighties baby, so she yeah. would all listen to like all the early nineties stuff, neo soul to hip hop records. I mean, to the point, my first cassette I ever had. Notice I said cassette. For the kids out there, cassette is the tape they used to have. It's like magnetic. You know what I'm saying? That's, has the brown strip it's like on the it. VHS for music. Basically, and you put it in the tape deck, you know, and vibe out <clears throat> for CDs. So basically, cassettes. My first cassette was a e, uh, Easy E. Louisville <laughs> Slugger. It was like the most violent, <laughs> ass music you could hear. But it was, I had it. It was like nine years old. Listen to Easy E. But my first CD, me and my brother's first CD, and my sister's first CD. Or more so, me and my brother was uh, California Love. It was this, this CD with the single, the radio edit, and the, you know it had the instrumental as well oh, at the bottom. Yeah. yeah, that was a vibe. That's how we started learning how like kind of freestyle with the instrumental. Like it was like the, really the first time just diving into like being that creative musically. You know, because we always was raised on like Temptations, my grandparents. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Motown. Mom would play, my grandma would play Motown on Saturdays, right? Where we clean the house and shit, and she cooks. And then Sunday, she would play all gospel music. So I grew up in both households where you got the R&B, 90s, neo soul, hip hop, gangster rap. And then I got Motown and gospel music at my grandparents' house. And also, you know, you know how you got households. It's like, are you a Michael Jackson fan or you're a Prince? Which one are you? I grew up and literally both of them was playing. Same day, same hour. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So there really was no differences. You know what I'm saying? It was like, good music is good music. 
Awesome. So what were you into as a little kid? I mean, I was into a bunch of things. Um, wrestling, uh, WWE, you know, WWE, uh, shit, Hey Arnold, Grand Theft Auto, <laughs> the first one, and the one, the old one, when you see it from an aerial view, is like one-dimensional. Oh, yeah. It's like two, or 2D or some shit. Yeah. You, you know, you, yeah, you're looking at it like from the above. Exactly, like the yeah. That was the weirdest shit, but it was fun. It was like, yo, shit. Mario, man, we grew up to Mortal Kombat, Streets of Rage. We're talking about, if we're talking about games and shit like that, that's what I was interested in. Also, action figures and Legos. Oh, yeah, what action figures? Man, oh, we had all the WWE. We got spoiled. My grandmother, like, took us to tour us, like, every Saturday. Like, took us to Shoney's. She spoiled us. It definitely made a worthwhile childhood, for real. Like, we had all, we had came up with, like, different character scenes and it is big in our imagination to have Legos and build like the whole world out of fucking toys, like right. parts and shit. So, but that's what we was into. You know what I'm saying? Sticks playing outside, you know, skipping stones. You know, we country kids too, so yeah, skipping stones and going going outside playing uh, monsters with the sticks and shit. Oh yeah, you know, just using our imagination, yeah, on rocks and shit. So, uh, what other action figures? You said wrestlers. Oh man, we had Power Rangers. Power Rangers, come on, bro! Power Rangers was definitely the move. All the we had the big Power Rangers too, where you could flex the arms. And yeah, that was yeah. like, yeah, that was the one. We had the blue one, the yellow one. My sister had the yellow one, and my brother had a red one. I had. I think I was. Yeah, I was always Billy, and he was always the other guy. <laughs> no, he was always Billy, and I was always Jason. Yeah, it was like the silver one. Yeah, no, not the silver one. It was the blue one. What was the blue one? The blue guy's name? Blue Project. Brian? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it escapes me. I but, remember uh, Jason, I think, was the, the Silver Ranger. Yeah, but then it was like we wanted to be the Green Ranger. Um, that was the Tommy. That was the Tommy. New shit. <laughs> that was the shit. Green yeah, it takes me back because when I was younger, I was also really into action figures. Yeah. I'm like Star Wars ones. Star Wars, man. Yeah. And then later I had Lord of the Rings action figures. Which I mean, I, yeah, I had drifted off. Yeah, exactly. Way before yeah, the time. I was a kid then. But I can only imagine the worlds, man. I was obsessed with the Lord of the Rings. Or I was obsessed with action figures. When I, was I had G.I. Joe's. G.I. Joe's. I had G.I. Joe's as well. Yeah, Joe's was the ones. Playing with my playing with toys when I was a little kid, just the worlds like you said you can make. Oh, I get lost. I would get lost. Yeah, yeah. I would create whole movies. And yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I always wanted to create like a stop motion maybe with my action figures. That would have been dope. I have, have like video and just like yeah. Gumby. You yeah, exactly. Gumby, Gumby, dude. <laughs> Gumby shit. <laughs> Dude, Gummy was fun, man. I guess he, it was like he was always in some type of mission. I know. And Pokey was just like, okay, Gummy. <laughs> he was just like, just aimlessly following this hero <laughs> who will make incidents out of nothing. Right? It's like the smallest thing would be his biggest obstacle in the kitchen somewhere or some shit. A big orange is floating. He's like, gotcha. Right. So, 
what first got you into art and music? Um, that's two different questions, two different answers. That I mean, art was um, school, like a fine teacher. I had to find that teacher. I can't remember her name, but she basically was teaching art in class, and I was like, I need to be at art class. That what motivated me to be in art and like create and get her good approval from her. <laughs> you know, women is the best motivator, right? <laughs> so I, at the other class, I'm like, ah, I can skip it. But art, I had to be there. You know what I'm saying? I was like, make sure I'll be on class on time. Um, but for the seriousness of the, the music, was like poetry. You know what I'm saying? Like being involved in poetry. My mama had this book by Tupac called Rose Out of Concrete. It was basically his poems. And I was reading a little bit of that. And then I had this teacher, another finest teacher named Miss Robichaud. <clears throat> I'll respect Miss Robichaud. Respect him. Um, but yeah, it's basically, it was seventh grade, I believe. And he was reading books by Langston Hughes, poems by him. Uh, Flavor for Algernon, the movie. Um, a bunch of other poets. And that really got me into like, oh, I can write poetry too. I can actually do something to express myself and get some real emotion and heal myself. It was like really like therapy because I was getting something out of my head of my heart onto paper with ink. So it hits different, you know what I'm saying? So that really got me into like arts so poet, of poetry and lyrics and playing with words. Um, and after that, I just got obsessed with like music and like Tupac. Uh, Most Def, um, Nas, Lil Wayne, Eminem, Missy Elliott, but you know, just people who's like lyrically inclined, but also has like characters, like and like dope ass cadences and flows. Um, Ludacris, you know what I'm saying? Um, people like that that influenced me musically. So when I started doing that, I started rapping with my cousin, you know, Frank Nitty. Uh, shout out to Frank Nitty out there and my brother, my little brother. We started this every weekend, just putting instrumentals on and just vibing. This is like a diary, a loud diary. Nice. But you'd put instrumentals on, y'all would just like spit over top of it? Yeah, yeah. Just vibing, just freestyling, getting our levels up. And we were just like mostly just hanging out and just having a job moment. Yeah, that's good. Nice. How did you start out playing uh, or did, like performing or how did you did you do it in middle school? Oh yeah, I did uh, talent shows. Yeah. yeah, we did some talent shows um, in high school. It's like my first time performing in front of a bunch of people um, in my school. Um. So basically, I had to get a beat together or a song together, and I did 50 Cent in the club. <laughs> so that was the first time I like, actually performed in front of my peers and, and the teachers and not cussing. Well, I, I've been knowing how to not cuss in my music, but I just flipped and remixed the song in the club. It wasn't the same, almost the same hook, not the same verses. I made it my own song. So it was fun to kind of like take the song that it was hot popping at the time too. It just came out, 
like it was like almost like a year in, it just came out but still fresh. So when I came in with that, I made I shocked everybody, and I was a popular kid from there. <clears throat> and then the second year I did it again. My cousin won that year. He was just dope, and he was in the senior year too. So it was like respect. Um, and then the next year I won. It, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, good vibes. Poncho, nice. What uh at the time like when you were starting out, what artists, musicians like were you into? Like oh man, were? like Jay Z was like definitely into like Fifty Cent, Eminem, the whole shady aftermath shit, whatever they had going G Unit. I was into all that. Uh, Nelly, um, little uh, it's a little Wayne at the time, probably little Wayne at the time. Really, I was little Wayne. Cause it was just like always my cousin listened to him, my brother may be listening to him, you know, mom may be listening to him. It was just it. he had ever every era had somebody was a fan, yeah, in my family. So you know what I'm saying? It's like he, when you go that hard, everybody you want to have your whole era where people like you know, the Neptunes, like man, the era, you know, that era, yeah, you could play songs right now from when they first came out, and people would go crazy over this. Certain people. Like you got them in that era, you got them. They on the dance floor. You, you got them. Oh yeah. Look. You know what I'm saying? So you know, it may be an old era, maybe a new era, maybe a medium era. But so, I think that's the era I was listening to. Anything that was popping, Ludacris in the 2000s. I listen to everything, man. I don't discriminate. If I listen, I listen to at least once. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But if I really, really like it, I'm probably gonna obsess over it and just vibe out to it for a while, and then on to the next one, study it, analyze it, and you know, study it. Right. Nice. So, why would you say you're drawn to art and music? Man, that's a good question. I think it's spiritual, man. I really do. I think it's a spiritual thing. I think I always did this somewhere in my past life or whatnot. I think this is like a spiritual thing for us. You know how everybody has a way to express themselves, right? And every artist is cho- you know, chosen in his own right, in his own divine right, to express themselves a certain way, right? Right. So it's like, how much can you express yourself through your muse, through your art form? Spiritual, you know, you're, it's a spiritual situation. You know, the other people, other, other other people outside of you are catching inspiration and, and vibes from what you was feeling. <laughs> you know, and it may heal somebody, it may make somebody sad, it may make somebody happy, it may transport somebody to a certain time in life. You know what I'm saying? So it's like a vehicle at the same time to express yourself and heal yourself. So I say because it's healing, it's a healing art form, like so many others. Oh. How um now do you have like routines? How do you develop your your skill, your artistic skills? Yeah, you show up. What are some of your routines or like what do you literally is wake up, work out, go for a walk, make a smoothie, plan my day out, if it's not already planned. And it's like hit the studio. 
or I don't have to go to my other job. Go there. But it's most of the time they hit the studio, record a song, send emails, certain people, you know, uh, music people. And then um, go find some more money. Back to them, get some rest. I call my sons, talk to them. Actually, it's 11, 11, 11. Looking at the story. <laughs> bless up, bless up, John. Bless. Thanks for this moment. Yes, sir. Abundance and prosperity, peace, peace, and love, positivity, and light. That's up. But yeah, so I think it's just having a, a certain rhythm through the day. And giving gratitude is the first day of thing I do it for the beginning of the routine. It's give gratitude. As soon as I see sunlight or, or any light or anything, I just open my eyes and say gratitude. But I think once you start the day off of gratitude, everything else falls in place later on. Right. Yeah, man. You can kind of like enjoy being in the present. Enjoy being in the now. You're more aware of your surroundings and choices, you know. Yeah. Which is overall fulfilling. Right. Start off the day having accomplished something. And the thing that you accomplish is giving thanks <laughs> for all that you have. Yeah. Makes it up. That is, some people don't do that. And some people just wake up and <laughs> they don't even, they don't even like, think of twice about the day. Where they are and what. It is you know. pacing through life. It's just, I even appreciate in certain moments that like, hey, you didn't see that? You know, <clears> slow down, you would have seen that, that, that girl, she really likes you, bro. You know what I'm saying? It could have been a one for you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like anything. There's an opportunity if you was like on, on the, you know, on your rhythm, on your frequency. Right. But gratitude is everything, man. If you're in a rut, you know what I'm saying? Like count your blessings. The blessings. Because it always could be worse. So I was just saying on my Instagram story today. I was it could always be worse. Saying people are getting bombed at this very moment. Right. So, so yeah, like forget we, real quick, but it's like that's what you got to enjoy the now. Just be present with your loved ones, yourself. It, it is service. Give service. Definitely. They have purpose. You have to give service to have purpose. Absolutely. I feel like if you're not using your gift to have service, uh, to have service for someone else other than you, it's like you're doing yourself a disservice. Right. So, yeah, the purpose is that you know, serve others, bring value to other people's lives. And it's the ecosystem. It's the, e the e eco economy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, ecosystem. Uh, we all want to have something to give to others. You know? So, so uh, like, what about, like, when you do rapping? Do you, like, usually get, like, a notepad or, like, do this? Like, how do you... Yeah. It can go either way, man. I'm such a, like, free-form creative... I don't even like have like it's not a certain because he can come anytime, right? But I have so much access to a studio that I'm utilizing every chance I get. So it can come with a beat I make, and then I gotta buy a melody because I made it and I'm making it intentionally for a certain thing. And I'm like, man, this art, I'm just vibing, and I may get a melody, and then if the mic's right there. I'm automatically writing it on the mic. If that makes sense, I'm like recording and freestyling 
actually on the mic and come up with melodies, uh, lyrics on the spot. And then you can go from that to actually writing in my phone and putting lyrics to it after I get the melody or hook. Nice. So it just do, depends on the day. Literally. You kind of start with the melody and then you find those like words. Mm hmm. Yep. Or I just may be in the car or walking, uh, I hum a melody or something that pops in my head. Like one day, me and my homie Fox, shout out my uncle Fox, he co produced a lot. So he's my drummer as well, Maximus uh, mm -hmm. Prime. Uh, so he was in the car, just chilling, listening to music. And then it was silent for a moment while he was switching songs. And he came up with a, a beat. He was like, just beatboxing. And I would just start freestyling over the beatbox. And we came up with a whole song called The Bag Has Landed. <laughs> it was crazy. It's called what? The Bag Has Landed. Okay. Yeah. Drop it soon. Be on the lookout. Me and Fox and his prime foundation. Let's go. Sick. So, like, of all time, who are your favorite artists? Favorite artists of all time. Um, I would say my favorite artist of all time would be. That's a hard one, man. I don't think I have one. Or I, I mean, say me. Several. I'm my favorite artist of all time. You can name name one. <laughs> one. <laughs> but uh, oh man, well that's hard, man. That's, you can't just spring that question on people. Yep, we gotta give a disclaimer. So. <laughs> Oh man, top five at least. No, nah, I can't do top five, man. I just like music, but damn, shit. I don't know because it changes all the time. That's why I'm. You like, can look at your Spotify if you want. Some people do that. What? Look at their Spotify or their. Oh, to see the top artists. I don't know. It's literally just me. Be... I literally listen to myself. Myself. Well, no, not top artists. I mean, just like whatever you. Yeah. Can, yeah. Oh okay. Uh, I know. I know. I know. I, it's not like I don't listen to other other music. It's just I listen to everything, and I get inspired by almost everything. Even it's you know positive or negative, I turn the negative to a positive. So name my favorite artist of all time is like it's really hard, man. You got Tupac, you got Michael Jackson. You know that's definitely up there. Oh man, you got Missy Elliott. I mean, so many, bro. Nas, he's definitely up there. Yeah, I was saying, I'm gonna throw those out there. Nice. Yeah. Man. I'm gonna think you overthink it. Sure. Have you seen Nas live? Huh? Have you seen Nas? Yep, twice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, within the last two years, yeah. Oh, yeah? No, the last four years, because he came to uh, Amphitheater. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. He came to Ascend? Yeah, with well, Nashville Symphony. Oh, wow. It was a fucking movie, bro. Wow. Awesome movie. Yeah. I it see. was like the best way to hear his album, Illmatic. And he did some new ones off the King Disease, I think, one. Man, I saw him with Damien Marley when... Uh, as we entered, wow, let's go! Like, what was that, that album, man? Yeah, it's a classic. It was 2010. Man, 
I was bumping. Yeah, because, damn, it was 2010. It was Bonnaroo 2010. When they dropped that album? 2009? Possibly, or that year earlier. Yeah, because they did go on Because they were on tour. Right, man. It was Damn, that's crazy. My brother had bought the album. I mean, he bought the CD. Dude, dude I just remember. He ordered that bitch. Like, as we entered, just banging that song. Bro, the whole, I mean, man, yeah. I, we lived to that album for like a whole, like four years. It was like part of our journey, man. Cause he was like, because we are, my brother already listened to Damian Marley, and I was listening to him because my brother, through my brother, he put me on a lot of music. Uh, Shout out to Rico, put me on a lot of music, man. Uh, Especially like, and, uh, what was that? What was that? The the promise, promise, uh, with the with the Jamaican sample in the background. That was dope too. Uh, yeah, man, classic. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So, how did your album Beyond Category come about? Man, that's, that's a good question. I would say it came about by COVID. Like COVID era, I was stuck in the house. I just had graduated from SAE or about to graduate from SAE. And we had got laptops. It came with Logic. And I'm like, my computer's crashed from my last, my last era of that. It was like pretty much done. Um, and it had Fruity Loops on it. So I was working on Fruit Loops, and then that crash got a computer through SAE, and uh, right after I got a computer at SAE, I started using Logic, and I just bought this pack called Waves Bundles, and it had Auto Tune. And it was like, okay, this is like first time using Auto Tune, and COVID had just happened, so I was stuck in the house in, in the garage, and basically just like, why not? Why not create music every day? So I gave myself a 100-day challenge. Make music every day for 100 days. And I got my ass in shape and like doing conditioning and just going in the studio, showing up every day. If I'm recording like a hook, recording a one line, recording me humming, recording me, you know, just screaming, whatever it is, I'm just like recording, make sure I'm recording every day. Uh, I'm trying to make a song a day. That's the ultimate goal. So I learned how to make music really sufficiently and kind of get my sound and like work on my sound, man. Stretch my vocals. You know, I didn't really use to sing. So that was me like practicing being the T-Pain or Kanye or Lil Wayne or Travis Scott type of vibe and just like seeing what the future, seeing what they did with it. Kid Cudi, seeing what they did with the auto-tune and stuff like that and just, you know, spreading my wings, man. Nice. What would you say, like, the kind of the overall like, vibe or what you're talking about, I guess, theme right. for that album? The theme, uh, I would say the theme is don't put, don't put music in a box. Great music is great music, you know. I feel like once you put yourself in the box, you kind of limited the opportunities and the resources that you in your, your capacity and your potential. Why put yourself in the box when you can literally go to worlds that I haven't been to explore in music yet? Because I want to think of myself by the end of my career, basically, or in my life, as it, I am music. You know what I'm saying? So why not come right from that 
that perspective and uh don't put a cap on your creativity yeah yeah what would you say uh, inspires your creativity anything man it could be anything literally it could be just waking up having gratitude like we talked about uh it can literally be um my kids you know what i'm saying it can literally be um something i read on social media so it can, it can literally be anything because i'm always inspired by the little things and the biggest things and i just because i am in the studio working every day perfecting my craft it's easy for me to come up with a, a song or a melody that could fit a certain experience i had and um a lot of it just comes from like being a vessel How old are your kids? I got a 14, 12 year old man. Nice. Yeah. What are turns 13 uh, later this month, actually? Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, man. Are they, what are they into? Man, sports. Sports? Some, sometimes. <laughs> they have like, we have like seasons where they're into like outside stuff. We have seasons where they're like gamers and oh, yeah. want to be a content creators or like influencers and what they say. But like, I got to do some uh, content creating. <laughs> but it was like, you know, Fortnite, uh, Roblox. Oh my God, Roblox. And uh, Minecraft and stuff like that, man. Nice. Yeah, adult people. Adult little people. But you said they go outside, or like, what? Well, my youngest, he skateboards. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, man, I bought him a nice skateboard uh, last Christmas. Wow. Yeah, man. What are their names? Uh, Noah and Junior. Noah yeah. and Junior? Yeah. Wow. Which one is which? Noah is the... No, Noah's the youngest one. Junior's yeah. the oldest one. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Shout out to them. Yeah, shout out to the, the kiddies. <laughs> the mini-me's. That's awesome. So, how would you best describe the type of artist you are? Yeah, I would say versatile comes to mind. Creative, passionate. Um, I say an uh, artist who wants to stretch what an artist means to people, and this come from a pure place and push healing in my music because I'm healing myself making the music. In a sense, it's my therapy. Music is like how I speak. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like a language. It's like a culture. It's like a lifestyle. So I feel like I, I will be like a healing artist. It's not if I'm not just healing people. If people are healed by it, that's a great result. But mostly, I'm healing myself through this music. And hopefully, my kids, kids, kids can be healed from this too. You know? Yeah. I'm hip. I'm a hip hop artist, but I'm also a hip hop artist. Nice. Yeah. You're healing people through hip hop. That's so how you get all that in one paper. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it helps me stay on top of things. <laughs> <laughs> you go back and read it later. Somewhat. Oh yeah, it's archival though. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's a little archive, I guess. Maybe. So, what would you say um, your strengths and weaknesses as an artist? 
Man, strengths and weaknesses. Um, that's a good question, man. Strengths, I would say my strengths are... My strengths are consistency. Being consistent in what I do. Um, and when I'm really passionate about something, I go after it. And I, you know, make sure I attack and make sure I accomplish that vision. Um, strengths are definitely, I'm a social person, so I can definitely talk uh, to any type of person, wherever, no matter where they come from. I'm like, I can be universal in that way because I came from all backgrounds. I grew up in a predominantly white school, grew up in a predominantly black school, hood school, country school. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Admit schools. So I'm like diverse as far as like I can actually be alone with pretty much anybody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Of course, dope circumstances. But, uh, but so yeah, I would definitely say that, man. Relatable and genuine. Yeah. Yeah. And weaknesses, uh, I think weaknesses is I can get sidetracked on so many projects and like have so much amount of music that I have I get overwhelmed when I'm like trying to perfect all of them I said because I'm a I'm I'm a recovering perfectionist recovering perfectionist <laughs> I, I get the t-shirt popping <laughs> I'm a recovering perfectionist yes I am foundation mecca you know. <laughs> that's awesome no but uh yeah I put a little no fucks given in there you know what I'm saying in my diagnosis, that way I'm like I can just drop a project like a beyond category or a beat tape like a light codes of awakening at the beginning of the year. I dropped that and it's like a lo fi vibe. And that was just me like getting off my hard drive, purging my archives and be like, hey, this is not mine no more. It's on record. It's got its life of its own. Let go. And that felt good to release it at the beginning and the top of the year. Because I needed that release. And then beyond category like me and another release is just like lighten the load, lighten the load. It's not mine no more. Give it to the world. Right. Yeah. It's a gift for a reason. Yeah. And once it's out there, you'll learn all about it. Effects. Effects. You don't know what it's going to do. Exactly. Right? You don't know what it's going to impact or heal or 20 years from now because stream is forever, right? Right. It's like essentially a stream is forever. So it was like it's in the universe. Yeah. You don't know where it's going to go. And sure. now people, new thing about, it, I was thinking about something crazy today. I was thinking about, there's people on the other side of the world, right, that don't even know what internet is. The whole another vast area in some Congo country that will be like a city one day and have internet and have Wi-Fi. They don't have access to no streaming network, let alone Google, you know what I'm right. saying? So what, think about 20 years from now when that young generation becomes a city wow. and like thriving, modern, and bringing it up to modern speed. That's a whole new fan base. That's a whole new <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, economy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, it's a whole new world. So a whole new world. <laughs> right? It is a whole new world, though. It's like crazy to think about. But once it's out there, you don't know who will latch on or like randomly see it like yeah exactly it's like who's gonna use it for a video or yeah something. people i didn't ever spend my music to hit that fucking type of video 
Yeah. <laughs> like that one song you didn't want to get popular. Right. <laughs> it's like, why that one out of all songs? I gotta perform at the Grammys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, that was just fun. It's just fun seeing how music, because my music, like the Beyond category, it's like three years old, basically. Some of the songs are like three years old, some of the songs are two years old. Some of the songs are a year and a half old. So it was like in the making. So how I felt back then may not be my maturity evolution of now. That's why I have to release it so fast because I have to like catch people up to speed right. my progress. And like, I don't want to just be the made it overnight type of shit. It don't work like that, right? So you just got to like give people your story. Right. And you know how you drip drop it out. Some people do singles, I do albums or projects because I feel like that's an abundance of music people can dive into and become a super fan or a fan or or just a supporter or whatever, you know, just an overall listener. Yeah, I keep putting it out there. I don't know which one to stick, but each yeah. one you learn. So and, Yeah, exactly. And you got data now, too. Exactly. So you yeah, look at stuff. Yeah. We have it. Is like metrics we can look at now or no, I guess more. Yeah. You're right, you have metrics, analytics, and I mean you can run your own record label if you really have time and people. Yeah, <laughs> you, know you yeah. I mean good things. Now that we have That's access to everyone basically through I mean it's equal footing. Yeah. Everyone can advertise to the world now. Mm hmm. Apricot. Sure. So, how long have you been in Nashville now? Cheers. Cheers. Unless I've been in Nashville off and on my whole life. <laughs> I had a really like diverse childhood where Moving I was on. back and forth to Pig Room in Nashville, Bellevue, Dixon, Ashton City. We lived in Kansas Springs. We lived everywhere. Like, like literally, my mom always moved around. So she's a Sag like me. So we always, you know, Sagges can never be at one place too long sometimes. <laughs> We'd like to go on adventures. So the moms. So, like, what what has kept you here? I mean, you just decided to stay here. Oh man, I think I don't know. It's like a a, a destined thing. Kind of like my spirit hasn't said moved around yet to to like late last year. It was like moving around, and that doesn't mean I'm not saying me I'm gonna move, but I may make another city my second home. And like use Nashville as a headquarters, you know, for music distribution, music business, whatever, you know, delegate my former business um, musically. Well, even my family's here, my sons, my kids. So I wouldn't necessarily move here. I've been moved from here, but I'll probably have a secondary house or secondary place where, you know, because a community, secondary yeah. community where I can just like vibe out if I wanted to, you know, stay a couple months, whatever, and just get some work done. And then come back to the city and go back to more ordinary life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, I feel like 
I feel like, yeah, now's a good time to do tours and, like, venture out and, you know, capture a region. That's what it's like, okay, get people branded and, you know, that's like a phrase in the Bible that says, uh, or maybe paraphrasing, it says, noble men don't get the respect they want until they leave their hometown. Yeah. So, it's like, sometimes you just gotta move around. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Gotta There's other tribes too, you know what I'm saying? They want, they want like, to use a, you know, element like you, you know what I'm saying? Right. A tribe, you know, that community, you know? An outside perspective. And again, effects. So this might be hard for you to answer, but, what would you say is something you've learned living here? Hmm? What have you learned living here? Might be a little hard since you, I mean. Hmm. What well, I learned living here. I love how you keep asking me questions about apricot. Yeah, I need to. y'all. I'm telling you the truth. Stop cancer. Real. But, um, actually, there's, uh, a tribe in Africa, they eat nothing but apricot seeds, and their whole, their whole town, their whole village is cancer free. Wow! Like they don't have any signs of cancer. Wow! Like it prevents cancer. You know what I'm saying? It cures it, but it prevents it. Yeah, I'm not a doctor. I'm a, I'm a holistic, you know, uh, aspirationist. <laughs> <laughs> That's the word. Where did you get those apricots? Uh, I got it at this place called Costco's. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, do you have a favorite venue here? Yeah, it's a good question, man. I would love to say aesthetically and, like, I would say the analog. The Hutton Hotel. That was, like, the animals. Yeah, it's just got a dope look, man. This is a fly look. And I would say, say my next one would be part of the East Room. Performed there before for a whole year. I had a residency there. Like, right, right before COVID. I had like a, a two-year residency there. A one-year and a half residency there. I just had hip-hop. Because it was only known for like comedy, pop, indie pop, uh, emo night. A gothic night or something like that, and then uh, rock and roll bands would come there. Right, but it was never like a hip hop venue. Like hip hop people just think, I guess since he is a hip hop venue, yeah. So I just came in and just just chopped it up with the the owners, and it was like we would love to have y'all here. You know what I'm saying, and came up with some events, and next thing you know, running a hip hop show because <laughs> I wanted to see more hip hop in Nashville, like more venues like host hip hop. So. And then Cobra, I did the same thing too. And then, you know, but now East Room is like a hip hop venue. Though. Yeah. Like it's, it's considered, like people would know hip hop to be in that venue often. And then some other people start doing that to me. And it's like, oh, wow, it's, it's a trick. Okay. Got some hip hop in, in the fucking venues. Yeah, let's go. You know, off the Broadway too, but I would love to see hip hop on Broadway as well. We promoted that too. Y'all will have a petition hip hop on Broadway. Hip hop on Broadway, yeah. Why not, man? Like, think about it. Hip hop runs the world. They got DJs. It's the number one genre. Why wouldn't it be on the number one money making machine, Nashville? Right. Downtown. You know what I'm saying? It's like, why wouldn't y'all put that in your Serato? 
Why would y'all put that on? Y'all covered in the songs, Flow Rider. You got them apple bottom jeans and the boots, what the fur. Y'all covering it, but y'all, y'all have no real hip hop acts on downtown. Yeah. You having country people do T Pain and Flow Rider. Right. <laughs> this is crazy. They'll just like cover random hip hop songs. Bro, but I will say shout out to Top Notch because he put, definitely put hip hop on Broadway with the Tim Roof. Yeah, he had events, regular events. A tin roof, it was a hip hop event. Um, and he definitely brought Heru Heru, shout out to Ideally Conscious Beats. Uh, we got an album dropping soon too, so it's gonna be really, really dope. Um, our hieroglyphics, Heru Heru. Yeah, we're working with that, but top notch. Um, yeah, I don't know what we're talking about. No worries. <laughs> Favorite venue. Favorite venue. Yeah, Top Notch actually was a DJ for the hip hop nights. It was called uh, it was called the Hill Hop Show. Hill Hop Show. Yeah, Hill Hop Show. But we're about to do some more um, ciphers soon as well. Nice. What is cipher? So basically, a cipher is like. It's almost like tribal. You have a group of people around the circle. Um, they can be spitting spoken word. It can be spitting words of wisdom, affirmations, rapping, playing instruments. Um, basically, you just vibe out with each other. Kind of like a synergy thing. Everybody just vibing off each other and getting different types of inspiration from each other. And um, and just create magic together, basically, through what is beatboxing, rapping, like I said, spoken word, poetry, words of affirmation, lyric, you know, lyrical swordsmanship, whatever you're doing at the time. That's a cipher. It's almost like a 360 uh, collective. How many people you should come to one of these? Man, you can get be anywhere from five to ten to fifteen to thirty to forty people. <laughs> like it can be as big as you want. It's not like a a cap, really. It's just oh, yeah. everybody just you know, kind of like what you see tribe members do in Native America and Africa. You know what I'm saying? You see, like they get around a fire, right? Right. It's usually a circle, right? Yeah. It's usually they speaking their language, their native tongue to each other over the drum. Do, 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 do. And he's speaking like words of affirmation over the tribe or blessings over the tribe or whatever. And then they may be saying And then it's just like everybody started joining in and it becomes a congregation and now everybody's like like what you see in church. Right. Same cipher. That's a cipher. So it's going on. Or even this me and you conversing like this. That's a cipher. Yeah, it happened right now. Uh, but yeah, me and Goldie, we have ciphers every first, uh, fourth Sunday. Uh, we're bringing them back because um, the last one we had was like November of last year. We're about to bring them back. Shout out to Goldie, Rare Breed, the mayor. You know, we call her the mayor. She knows everybody. So, oh, like, yeah. We connect. Do you have a. Favorite restaurant or food here? Yeah, I just had some. I just had some Thai Isang last night. It was pretty good. Thai, dude. I love Thai food. Oh man, favorite restaurant? Is that what you asking the foodie? 
Right, that's like the hardest. Yeah. Or, um, I mean, I got some favorite. I, I won't favorites. say my favorites. Thank you for clearing that up. Or <laughs> I, I guess I was saying, what do you have favorite food? Here? I'll say velvet tacos, pretty good. Oh, yeah. I'll say Greco's is like top five, dead or alive. I'll say um. Greco mm. is amazing. No, I think whatever. Definitely, I say um, Gojo. Oh yeah, and Jira bread is so good. Mmm. Yeah, I'm gonna keep it right there so I think of more. Cool, dude. But my man just went to many different places. Different Gojo places. is so good, dude. You no, know, you know it's good. No, not saying no to Gojo. Gojo's dope. Gojo, 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 Gojo. Uh, I would say the Peruvian place, the, the Wash. I two Peruvian there, yeah. chefs, two Peruvian chefs is pretty good. Uh, and the GG, the GG Thai place is good too. Yeah, but crispy chicken. GG Thai, huh? Yeah, that's pretty good. But I will say, um. That because it's really good. Yeah. Go for it. Mm. That's free, baby. <laughs> cool. So, what is some advice you'd give to someone who's going to move here and do art and music? And music. I would say. Don't get stuck in the the confidence and the big headedness of being in a small town as an artist. Don't get what? Stay humble. Basically, you know, don't get caught in the you know big headedness. You know, because it's a small town. Everybody's a, everybody's somebody. <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> Literally, everybody moves like everybody's somebody. So don't get caught in in the LA ish. Vibes, you know, just stay humble and network, meet people, you know. Um, always act with the service. Like, what can I do for you? And you probably get a bigger return. That's why I've been. That's why I've been starting the year off with too. It's like, how can I help you? And if I, the results, bro, <laughs> try it. I challenge you to try it. Definitely. Every time you talk to somebody, ask, how can I help you? And you're gonna you're gonna be like, damn, abundance. <laughs> it's like a little like a cheat code, but it's really like dope because you are acting with service, you are being genuine about it, you are actually making sure the people, your tribe, your community. It just makes the it's like a well-oiled machine. Your ecosystem is the well-oiled machine, but the the oil is the service, right? For the whole community to operate and work sufficiently. Um. At least that's my theory. But it's proven too in other places too, you know. Around the world. Yeah. I mean, you gotta be able to give something that's commodified. You live in a world where the money is the commodity of the world. Mm. So you have to be able to render service. Yeah, that's so true. In order to be rewarded by the marketplace. Giving you receive as universal law. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And they say you look at ants. Don't ants give a service? The whole existence is the service. Yeah, they're all like building things together. For the queen. <laughs> <laughs> Bees, the queen bee, all the barkers. They're giving the service as soon as they're born. They're born into the service. Right. How crazy is that? It's like it was born for like this particular service. Like, just to come out the womb just to create honey for the rest of the tribe. And that's their that's your resistance. But I guarantee they're that probably the happiest bees in the world. We don't even know. Definitely. You think they deal with the depression? No, they got no. a mission. They've got a mission. Yeah, the purpose. <laughs> I got a purpose. I got right. a, you mean you born out the womb with a purpose, bro? That's man. that's in depth. Bro. You got to get to it. Yeah, being a bee, dude. So, uh, reflecting back on when you first started, yeah, as an artist, what is like one of the biggest challenges you had to overcome, and how did you get through that? Um, I would say depression. I would say depression. I would say definitely going through depression, dealing with certain things, changes in my life, <laughs> transitions. <clears throat> you know, I was at one point I was wearing black every day. I had plaques, you know, wear in front of my face and like a little gothic kid for like a little season. And I was depressed. <laughs> and I was also suicidal. <clears throat> you know? Um, so when I got past that phase, uh, just being a teenager with hormones and all kinds of thoughts, you know what I'm saying? It's just like everything's exaggerated. Everything's bigger now. Everything's like, oh, you know, all of a sudden on your back and on your shoulders. And it's like, oh, this pressure, anxiety kicks it. <laughs> you don't know what it's called, though. The reality of life. <laughs> Man, you don't even know what it's called yet. You don't even know about these terms, anxiety and shit. Right. PTSD, trauma. What's trauma? We just live in a normal life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we don't know how we, all these things affect us. <laughs> but um, what was your question again? <laughs> As an artist, like, what is one of the biggest challenges you've had to overcome? How did you get Yeah, that was my answer. Yeah. Oh, precious. <laughs> but once I gave myself gratitude for what I had, and also knowing I have a purpose, I knew I had a service because I was about to attempt suicide. But right before I did it, I had this vision. It's like a, it's like a whole like world vision from the, like your future self or your future or something, and it's going to like your brain. But it's like you're living it. It's the weirdest you know thing, but it was like a vision of me on the stage, a bunch of people screaming my name. Bunch of audience people screaming my name, and it was like in a celebratory like manner. So I was like, I was like, I'm supposed to be doing something. My gift. That's before I even was like serious about music. I was doing it as like a game. You know what I'm saying? I was just doing it just as a hobby with my cousins and brother. But that's when I knew I wanted to take it serious. And then after that, it was like a bunch of others. Music industry stuff so happened. Like me and my brother almost got signed to Lions Gates as Christian artists. So that was like nineteen eighteen, like big studio access. And then Lorenzo was one of our mentors, and Kay Blue was our manager. My mom was working at the time, and we started linking up with producers like Sawa Fair. He had a big old studio 
on South Nashville. And yeah, we was like in a studio all the time. So like professional, you know what I'm saying? Stop cussing in our records. You know what I'm saying? We learned how to write with no cussing in it. So that was a challenge, but like we actually like mastered our minds and like think about 18, 18 19, that's all you want to do on a rap record. Right. <laughs> yeah, you grow up on NWA, you know what I'm saying? Tupac and shit. So but uh yeah. <laughs> so from last year to this year, what would you say is one of your biggest personal growths? Personal what? Personal growths from last year oh, to man. this year. I think intentionality. I think being intentional. Well, what I'm focused on, letting go of things I can't control, and letting go. And just like, forget criticism, forget perfection. But perfection is like fear, right? Right. If you think about it. You damn yourself before you start. You're like, it could be better, so I'm not going to try and do it. Right. And you just like, or you did, or vice versa, you just try to do it so much and trying to. And you like making your ears bleed, and it's like not even like pleasing to you no more. You don't like, you know, you know, you distorted it so much. But at the end of the day, I think my personal growth will definitely be no fucks given. Adding that to my ingredients, my pedigree, and not trying to like make everything too perfect because I can always go back later and make the remaster version. Exactly. Once the song is hot, you know what I'm saying? If it's worth it, you know what I'm saying? It was like, oh, Hell, it's got 50 it million streams. I think I want to go back and like make it sound better. Yeah. You know, make, then make a live version of it. Why not? Yeah. And then, you know, do whatever Tiny Dance version. <laughs> so it's like, no, it's like no rules no more. It's rules, but no rules at the same time. You make your own rules now. Make your own structure. Right. You make your own label. You make your own, own growth. So ownership, right? That's where everybody, you know, hitting on ownership so as an artist i think that's important but i also think partnerships is important too partnership yeah yeah man. and you're a brand so you don't brands partner up with other people yeah exactly so why would you be any different as an artist you're a product yeah but you're also you're, you're also it's like you're a machine too so you gotta sit back and analyze yourself as the machine and like oh this is i'm actually a business <laughs> I gotta move operate like a business, like you know what I'm saying? Like here, entertainment. Yeah. Entertainment. Yeah, yeah exactly. Big, that's big business. Big business, man. Big business. Yeah. So you know I mean you can only imagine uh like Brad Pitt walking around. He's not the Brad Pitt you're thinking about. He's like a whole another human. <laughs> like he got a whole nother world. Right, he can act in a new Situation. He's like got nice, like he's not even on the camera, but he's got long hair, glasses, and a bucket hat. <laughs> you think he's just some guy, some bum? But he's trying to live a normal life too, while being a, not a normal guy, right. a celebrity. So it's kind of wild to think about celebrityism. Yeah, yeah. Can imagine it's a whole nother level of therapy that you need. <laughs> Because not many people can relate to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes everybody... Yeah, that's the most messed up thing is, like, even if you're <coughs> therapist, like, if they're not super famous, they can't right. really relate. How will like, a therapist relate? 
So yeah, so, and how would you know your therapist wouldn't like try to manipulate you? Because, because you're big and famous. Why? How did you go about choosing the therapist? You know what I think it is? I think everybody uses like one to two therapists in the whole Hollywood. It is everybody's secret, so she has everybody's secrets. Yeah. You think about it, it's how many really good therapists are there like in Hollywood? Like it's gotta like be a directory, right? Yeah. Of like five top ten celebrity therapists that like only handle celebrities. Yeah. So you gotta think about how many are actually like like you said, scouted and like what do you call it filtered through? It's another word for it, lack of better words. Uh, test it in a sense, making sure you're not a super fan or crazy person, oh, yeah, or a manipulator or a narcissist or whatever you, you would have to vouch evaluation, like, yeah, or um, yeah, evaluate, yeah. evaluate everyone because they could always be after your purse. <laughs> I know they get paid bank, too. That's that's what people don't realize is like if you're super wealthy. And the problem that you now have is who can you trust? Yeah. People don't realize that that's, that comes with extreme wealth. It does. It comes with lifestyle, Just too. Just like extreme fame. It's like, now who That's can wealth. That's a currency. It is. So now it's, people are like, or famous is like, got people that don't really fuck with them. Yeah. Like, or with them. That, how do I know this person knows what I do? And how do I know, like, that they're, or they don't yeah. know what I do? And, and like we're just yeah, it's kind of weird conversation, right? Yeah, because it can be both sides. But I think you, if you fear that, you can't really live. Yeah. So I think you just have to let it play out. Like fucking, that's your Judas. <laughs> you know, somehow, some it will reveal itself. It will come to light. It may be a you know, stream situation or maybe a light situation. You know what I'm saying? You just gotta let it play out because. Stay prayed up and blessed up, and you got to worry about getting messed up. Right. So, how can people support you as an artist? I'm going to say support me as an artist by paying me my value, which that means, you know, I like like the offer-based, you know, approach. Um, So, as an independent artist, you can support me by streaming my music. I also, you know, buying the album from me directly, they'll always be the best best way. Is it Bandcamp? Uh Bandcamp, uh, but also well, uh, it's uh, actually Audius. It's a platform called Audius and basically that's a paywall where artists can actually pay me for my work and my music um directly. The artist direct the artist. And then also Cash App. At the cash, yeah, we can do old school. I'm about to print some more CDs for this album, yeah, and my next album. So I'm going back to CDs, yeah. So we're going back to physical, tangible because my homie Anthony, shout out to Anthony Falcon, he was speaking about how back in the day cassettes and vinyl, right? There was the where the music lived, right? Mm-hmm. It was alive. The cassettes, the magnet, the magnet from the cassettes, and all that. It was alive. The carbon from the vinyl, when you put the uh, needle on it, it's around, electric charges it, yeah. bringing it, uh, the music is alive. That's why it sounds like that. The frequency is a, it's a frequency of living music. Yeah. So when people listen to it, it's like, oh, wow, it sounds different. 
Yeah, because the streaming is streaming is not alive. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not like living. So why not go back to you know see even CDs, lasers, lasers bringing into life still some type of uh, charge. Wow. Yeah. So what they do when you about to die? When you got a heart attack, stroke, resuscitate you. You know what I'm saying? Hit you with the electric shocks. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> Bring it to charge that charge your life. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah. You know, so go go back to the to the blueprint and then work from there. You know what I'm saying? See how people receive it. And I like the offer base where people pay pay what they feel I'm worth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's awesome that you set like put out there that you have the cash app because some people. We don't know how to support an artist, so I, I right. can just send them money, and yeah, I'm not spending on studio time. Help, them, all, and help them do whatever exactly. I think is great that they do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So some people are a little hesitant about that, but I'm like, you, you never know who you're going to touch. You don't. You don't know who you're going to touch, man. And then what they want to like pay you back with because what right. you did for them. Your journey, like, yeah, I mean, or they believe in your vision, or right, yeah, that, and also, I think that's a great way to let an artist know you believe in their vision, like they're on the right path, like, they're not alone because this is like a lonely journey as an artist sometimes, especially independent, uh, when you're just always doing it consistently every day. It's all on you, it's all on you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you got friends and tribe members that you know, of course, support you and your vibe as well, but I'm up. I'm like only Kobe vibes, like Black Mama mentality. I'm up like morning or up late, 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 late into five o'clock in the morning from like nine o'clock working on music, like a job. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like not everybody's going to be able to hang or everybody's going to be able to meet you at your schedule. You know what I'm saying? Because you're like locked in. So yeah. I'm on that where I'm just working on my craft and forming my sound and as a producer, engineer, and artist. Nice producer, engineer, and artist. Yeah, man, gotta do it all sometimes. Okay, how do you now? How do you consume media? Do you have like favorite YouTube videos you like to watch? I like to watch uh, anything about music industry, business, like music business related, um, just to be on my toes about like how music business runs and flows. Um, Tutorials on how to mix better. Um, always trying to improve and self-develop. Um, may do some positive affirmations. May do some 528 frequency hertz or 532 frequency hertz. And just meditate. Um, I made this throw on some Andre 3000 with the flute album. The, new, the Blue Moon. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, it just varies. It just depends on what, what type of day I'm having. I might just throw in some old school Sam Cooke, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? On my shit. <laughs> heru, heru. Sick. Do you have any favorite movies? Favorite or movies. do you watch movies? Yes, I, I watch a lot of movies. Um, gives me inspiration. Like It's my new inspiration. Instead of yeah. playing games now, it's like movies now. Um, nice. Yeah, just some, getting some kind of inspiration or whatever it may be. And it may be a spark, like that one thing, like, oh, man, I think about it like that. 
and you go back. You, I'm doing it. I'm literally watching the movies usually in the studio. You wow. Because it's free Wi-Fi, too. <laughs> so you can't beat that. But I'm literally watching. So I'm literally in the studio watching the movie and then, like, get inspiration. So uh, right now, the movie I've seen recently was Orion in the Dark. It's like a cartoon. It looks like a Pixar vibe. I don't want to say it. I don't know if it's not Pixar, but it looks kind of like that. But it's about this boy. He's scared of everything. This little boy, he's scared of everything. And this character named Dark comes out of nowhere and, like, befriends him, takes him on a journey where other people like Sun, like Light, uh, Sweet Dreams, and all characters. Asamiak. <laughs> is <laughs> uh quiet which is a mouse is a character so basically all these guys all these entities that basically works throughout your day uh but they characterize them uh give them uh basically uh basically a whole character and uh but this little boy is scared of everything and he ends up becoming best friends with dark darkness because he was scared of the dark originally you know, and he begins to face his fears through hanging out with darkness <laughs> and his friends. So it was like, it was like, it's the, like, hindsight 2020, thinking about it and talking about it with you, it was like really deep, yeah. deeper level. Now I got to watch it again to really dive into it, like I'm telling you. Nice. All right, cool. Is there anything you would like to add that I might not have asked you about? Um, where can I find my music? Um, Spotify. Spotify. Apple Music. Audius. A-U-D-I-U-S. It's like a decentralized Spotify. Oh, really? Yeah, so you can get coins and stuff like that and tokens and big it up your playlists and stuff like that. So and build a paywall where people can pay, you know, what they feel like you're worth and stuff like that. So. Yeah, man, support uh support your independent artists, go out and you know what I'm saying? It's like a we live it, you know what I'm saying? So we're doing this for you for y'all. We're making music for y'all as well. Not just ourselves. So support support us to make up keep making the soundtrack to your life. Right. You know what I'm saying? The soundtrack to life. Exactly. So keep supporting the art that makes you feel happy. Yes. That makes you feel good and vibe too. And also, you know what I'm saying? Like the UMG thing. Well, it starts all the artists from UMG off of TikTok. So it's a TikTok UMG beef right now. So that means no Taylor Swift no more, no Weekend, no Drake. UMG? Yeah, it's a record label. What do you mean no Drake, no Taylor Swift? All on TikTok. You can't stream their music. You can't put their music in your videos anymore. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So basically, it's a big deal right now. They did that? The individual artists did that? No, the record label, they're assigned to UMG. Oh. UMGs for the slip from TikTok. Who didn't use any music. Now it's mute. I feel like try to play their music over your video. Wow. Do you have any idea why they did that? Because they said TikTok was not paying the artists enough money. And yeah. TikTok called UMG greedy. So, it's like a little beef going on right there. Interesting. Yeah, man, that's wild. So TikTok now, is huge. TikTok is fucking. It's it's top two ways of artists getting found right now. That's what I am on TikTok. Would you say Instagram is the other one, or 
Uh, I'll say YouTube. YouTube? Yeah. Yeah. I'll say YouTube more so. Um, also, it's like an opportunity. It could be a bad thing or it can be an opportunity. Think about it. You have no, uh, you have no artists. Yeah, you You have no artists popping like that. All the biggest artists is taken off. TikTok. That that's a huge void. Who's gonna fill it? Artists need to get on their shit. This is the best time to get on. Figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Test the waters because. People need music now. It was happening to me where people are using telephone noises for their videos now because there's no music. <laughs> I mean, it's still music artists on there, but it's just like the majority of the industry is like, I would say maybe two-thirds of the music industry is taken off. Wow. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. There's a lot of artists. Basically. Big fish. Big fish. A lot of big fish basically got caught with one net and took them out the game. So that leaves opportunity for artists like me. Exactly. There's going to be a void. It's going to be a fucking void. Let's fill it, guys. Come on. Let's go. Here's that's the that's the secret trick. Well, why not? At any moment, it's like you said, TikTok is open for open, open, open range. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, like, it's wide open for anybody just you know just make a move and you know. Make the music go viral, or it's more chances. Basically, the probability went up. Basically. Yeah. The, the, think about what they did to the algorithm of TikTok is a music platform. Interesting. I didn't look at it like that. Yeah. Think about what that does to the algorithm when you take a huge amount of this playlist. The thing that's get tracked every day and data's getting performed every day, and people are like in an office somewhere looking at the data of all the music is getting streamed on TikTok. So they can pay out the royalties to the labels and all that stuff. Millions of dollars getting transferred from yeah. kids playing the music and adults, whoever's on TikTok playing the music. So when that gets taken away, that's a vacuum. Yeah. There's, yeah, we're going to look back in like 20 years from now and be like, we didn't even realize how easy it was because... We look at 20 years ago and we think that was like really easy. Bro, everybody's talking about content this year. Yeah, I mean, like, when people were talking about MySpace in the early 2000s. Mm. And that was yeah. a contender. And now you have, like, yeah, TikTok. Like, <laughs> what's Instagram. Oh my God. Yeah, the next 20 years. What is up? I think the next 20 years, this is my theory. I'm a conspiracy theorist, guys. Um, my, my theory is that. Instagram probably won't exist. If it is, it's another word for it. It probably will exist, but it'll probably be a different platform. Like it'd be for shopping or some shit. Um, and buying shit. It'd be like a marketplace, like Facebook. Did. <laughs> Basically, yeah. it'd just be more like a little modernized. You know what I'm saying? But I also think it'd be a, it's going to be platforms where you're virtually there. And that's going to be like the norm. You like be player one. I mean, that's we're going to get to that point where people are living in the metaverse and living in platforms like an Instagram, but it's social, but you literally are there with their person. And you see the new, you should see the new VR, the new Oculus, where the, you're like, you're like, like this conversation right here, you can literally see yourself talking to me. I can see yourself talking to you. Like facial features, 
all of that. If you're winking your eye, putting your eyebrows up, like me and you talking right now, Mark Zuckerberg and this guy named Lex, well, I mean, he did that. They had a conversation in VR. It was like them two talking right now. Right now. Wow. And we in this beta mode. Yeah. We're not even talking about master this this technology. Yeah. I mean, think about it when you work from home, but then you put on your Oculus and you all meet in like a office and you're talking to everyone and like it's gonna be people are gonna have to get out of their house. And then you like got to know them personality through the That's fucking crazy. Yeah. And then like yeah. Think about it. That's going to be like real life. Like, you're going to be like not leaving your home and it's like being in different clubs and having drinks with your friends you know, like, in your living room. But they're at the, this virtual bar at their home and y'all just going to be drinking, chilling, drinking what you're really drinking and then drinking <laughs> at the bar. That's going to be fucked, man. Gonna be, I don't know if you've seen this movie called. What is this movie called? It takes place in the future, um, but it's like a bunch of billboards. They're all virtually like kind of like uh, AR, augmented reality. They're like out the coming out the buildings, like the, the advertisements is like flashing outside the buildings, but it looks like a real, like it's like a six foot giant woman, and what? she's. It's like a 3D kind of thing. Yeah, it yeah. Like it's coming out of the poster. Exactly. So Japan has that now. Wow. But it's like a shoe. And it's like coming out at you, but it looks like it's real. Wow. But it's on the top of the building, like a skyscraper. It's just popping out and just doing all kinds of... Changing to like five different shoes within like two minutes. Wow. And it just like goes back inside and just... <laughs> Looks like a regular building, and <laughs> it goes back out. It's fucking trippy, bro. Whoa, I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, just check. I think it's called. I, I want to say, maybe some 3D, 3D advertisements. Advertisements, yeah. It's getting crazy, man. So, and people don't realize. People are like saying 50 years from now, 60 years from now. I feel that, but I don't feel that because if you think about it, technology doubles in compounds. It doesn't like. Takes a little more of a learning curve just because it's learning a new algorithm. No, it, as soon as it knows that algorithm, is even two times smarter or 10x smarter. And it keeps going. And, and it going. keeps going and just collapsing on itself. And it doesn't take that long for you to comprehend. So when you think it's not going to be sentient in 10 years, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's already some speak of, of sentient beings and AI, you know what I'm saying? Like talking, having conversations to each other. Like deep conversations, <laughs> yeah, AI. It was the thing. This article was talking about how two AIs was like, I think it was Google or Facebook, and they had created it, and it became sentient and started talking to each other and trading information and data, and they had to shut it down immediately. Yeah. It was like they started making up their own language. That's insane. That's like what Elon Musk was saying. We need to put like a governor on AI because he's seen like what he can do. For what the, the masses don't even know. Yeah, exactly. That's the wild part. It's like he's like no, caught up. He's like, dude, like things you haven't seen. Basically, it's always crazy to think about the military. Usually, its technology is twenty to thirty years advanced than current. 
Like the cell phone came through the military from NASA. Right, right. The military to then the allies. And it's like, so it's just like a net. It's like, it's like, yeah, it's the AI that they probably know about. Oh, yeah, it's talking to them. They have a whole conversation. He's probably like, I have a whole bunch of electric vehicles. (laughs) 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 I don't know if you've seen uh, Leave the World Behind. I haven't seen that. Oh, that's a wild one, man. Obama's. Oh, wait, no, I did see that. Yeah, the Teslas went off the road. Yeah, yeah, they're all smashing into the, yeah. Satellites. Yeah, and all, like an EMP or something. Yeah, something like that. Magnetic fields or some shit. So, last question. Yeah. What is something absurd you love or do? Something absurd, absurd? Absurd. And love to do? It could be a something, or it could be something you do. Uh, make three songs a day. Three songs a day? Well, I try to. I strive for it. At least a full song a day. If I could do a full song a day, I'm a happy man. So when you do three songs a day, do you like go to your computer, find a melody, then you like build from there? Yeah, yeah, I just build it from there. And I can just come up with ideas and I don't have to fully flesh it out. But if I've got the idea, beat, production, vocals, I already kind of got like a sound where I'm, it's almost like there. And maybe it may be 60% there, 30%. But as long as I get a full song concept and a vibe, Really a vibe. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. I'm telling you. I ain't trying to force shit. You know what I'm saying? So if it just don't come that day, it just don't come. You know, but it's just more like it's showing up. Yeah. Like Pharrell said, he said this quote where it was like, maybe paraphrasing, but it was like, treat the studio like a library. Show up to a library with your library card. You show up, you don't know what the heavens have for you. You don't know what you're pulling from the ether or ethos or whatever you pull in front you don't know what it's coming from so be the stream of consciousness and show up and see what comes what book you you know yeah. what book you get you know and you maybe check out a book that you actually fucking like and change your life it's kind of like what calls to you when you're walking in there your vessel your channel you just kind of like see something out of the corner of your eye and like oh what is that and you go and look at it right it wouldn't have happened if you didn't weren't just randomly around that book there you go you got to be in proximity to catch it. Okay, awesome, dude. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank you, man. Yeah, man. For sure, man. Anytime, bro. That's a good conversation. Awesome. I had a good time, too. Yes, sir.